0: Jesus Still Loves Me.
1: Welcome, everybody. Hi, listeners. It's episode 68. 68 of
0: I'm Horrified. I'm
1: Horrified. The podcast where we're horrified. The podcast that just keeps just making you upset every
0: single week. Absolutely. We assume. The podcast that is truly unrelenting and may be bad for your mental health.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought about that. Like, are we doing a disservice to the people who listen to this? I assume you would have told us on Twitter if that yeah. were the case.
0: And we do it with levity, man. You gotta laugh so you don't cry. Or sometimes you do both and you can't, your body can't decide what it needs to do more. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, me too. It's called menstruating. <laughs> Ooh, real. You just cry. <laughs> we were just, just talking about laugh. this off air a minute ago. We were talking, we talk about periods a lot. a lot. I feel like when people are, like, stereotyping, like, women, they're always like, blah, 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 I'm on my period. That's a lot of it, though. But, yeah, as
1: a woman, (laughs) let me just say. (laughs) This is the thing. It's, like, the week before your period, you're, like, "Uh, it's the week before my period. And then when you're on your period, you're on your period, all hell breaks loose. The week after your period, you're, like, I'm just feeling kind of sluggish or, like, I want to fuck and eat everything. Yeah. So that's a feeling. And then there's just that one
0: week that you get to live
1: yeah but most of the time is spent adjacent to your
0: period there's about three days where i feel like a fertility goddess and like yeah. i look at people and i'm like you're welcome like my hair is soft <laughs> yeah i feel like connie from big mouth yes or is everybody watching
1: big mouth because you should. i loved that but again that's only about three days a month yeah exactly <laughs> the rest of the time i feel like a swamp monster <laughs>
0: absolutely anyways so that's us yeah that's where <laughs> that's where we are how are you guys doing this week is Hopefully it your period the same hopefully the same what if all of our cycles got synced as a podcast
1: <laughs> oh, nothing would make me happier <laughs> we hope that you we, we don't we're not even synced up anymore we used to be we used to be when you were on the pill and i wasn't yeah is this
0: too much information for our listeners no, not i don't think so i don't think so at all <laughs> but if we all got synced we can finally form a blood coven oh uh, nothing <laughs> would bring me more joey let us know if you want some
1: blood coven merch that, yeah, absolutely. I think that's already, like, a pot. I think, like, Wine and Crime has, like, like a fan coven or whatever it is. I love and, that. But... But, I no, I'm saying we would be doing witchcraft. Got it. <laughs> Full blood sacrifice. Yeah. Nothing cutesy about no, it. No. No. Like, we're starting... Yeah. I mean, most witch covens that I know are pretty nice. Yeah. Every witch that I've seen on Instagram is very kind. It's just chill. just very chill. I mean, I myself own...
0: A lot of crystals. Yeah. I got you a magic book for your birthday one year. Yeah. There's a whole section in it on crystals. Yeah, I am a witch. Yeah.
1: Okay, well let's press <laughs> forward. Um, Sam, what are you going to talk about this week?
0: Today I'm going to talk about um a, another story that we know a little bit about, but not as much as we thought we did. I'm going to talk about the Menendez brothers. I'm really excited
1: about this because I've heard lots of saucy chatter about it, but yes. I really actually don't know what happened. Yeah. I know that they like spoilers, like, killed their parents. Like, yeah. You gotta know that. We're gonna get to that pretty fast, yes. right? Yeah, 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 so like, that's all I know. That, me too, before I did this research. So I'm excited. What are you gonna talk about, Allie? I'm gonna talk about virginity. Woo! Um, which we've kind Brushed up against. We did purity rings. We did. You know, we've done some things that kind of brush up against it. But I, I would like to tackle
0: the concept of virginity. We've brushed up against it, but I'd say it's really time to penetrate. I, (laughs) I would have to, I would
1: have to agree, Sam. It's time for us to penetrate this topic. Absolutely, we need to enter it. Yeah, no holds barred. No, no. We've, you know, we've Frenched it. We've
0: felt it. (laughs) we fingered it how long are we gonna bring this now we're gonna fuck it now so we're fuck it. all let's right talk, let's get to it um all righty uh let's just segue right into this murder back to the menendez brothers um so let's revisit some past pop culture moments and dissect them with a modern lens as we love to on this podcast we're so doing it like we were just saying the menendez brothers is one of those things that everyone sort of knows about but no one has a real concept of my knowledge of the Mendes brothers can really be uh, summed up with the SNL song First Got Horny to You, mm-hmm. uh, in which a bunch of women are singing about the first people they ever got horny to, and my personal icon Vanessa Bayer sings, okay, now it's me, mine is pretty bad, it's those guys who killed their mom and dad. The Menendez brothers, they were cute and young. I think Eric was the hotter one. I remember that sketch. It's It's excellent. (laughs) Highly recommend First Got Horny to You. First Got Horny to You. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a classic. Um, But that's pretty much the basics of the Menendez brothers right there. Two young guys who killed their parents. It's all there. Vanessa lays it out. Sounds pretty hot. But is that all there is to it? Let's find out. Let's paint a picture. It's 1989, and there's a glamorous family living in Calabasas, California, where the Kardashians now live. That's Calabasas. Um, The dad, Jose Enrique Menendez, is a Cuban immigrant who made it big as an entertainment executive. The mom, Kitty Menendez, is your typical stay-at-home mom, and she spent her life raising her two sons. What a great name. Kitty Kitty Menendez. Yeah, that's a great name. It is. Um, their oldest son, Lyle, is 21, and he's back home after spending a semester at Princeton, but then getting suspended for plagiarism during his freshman year. Good. And their youngest son, Eric, is 18, graduating high school. He has, admis- he has been admitted to UCLA, but he's thinking about pursuing a pro tennis career. Can you not go to college? I thought, I thought that's, like, the reason you go to college is to pursue sports careers. I think you have to be like, if you're in college, you can't be pro. I think you're still like
1: you're playing college, college got level. it I got
0: So it. he wants to skip right to being a pro tennis player. I know nothing about sports. <laughs> <laughs> so they appear to be like the total picture of the American dream, successful, well off, good looking, totally living it up. Until the night of August 20th, 1989, I'm about to describe a murder. So if that is triggering to you, go forward maybe 45 seconds got it um kitty and jose are at home watching tv on the couch and then something happens someone i'm not saying who comes into their home they immediately shoot jose in the back of the head and he is dead instantly kitty reacts to the shots and she gets up to run away but she is shot in the leg and horrifyingly awfully slips in her own blood causing the attacker to catch up with her and ultimately end her life by shooting her several times in the arm, chest, and face, leaving her unrecognizable. God. Both Jose and Kitty were also shot in the kneecaps. Like, after the fatal shots had been dealt. Lyle and Eric, the two sons, return return home hours later. They had been at a screening of Batman and then to the annual Taste of L.A. festival during the day. Upon coming home and finding their parents dead, they immediately call 911, and there's audio of Lyle on the phone with 911, and he famously shouts, somebody killed my parents. Um, and he is, like, very upset. You, you can tell he's, like, crying. And this becomes, like, a very famous thing that's, like, parodied in a lot of things. Like, just the sound of him screaming, somebody killed my parents. That's interesting. That's a meme, which is fun. Great. The internet is an amazing place. <laughs> right. So who could have done this? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's the mob. Yeah. <laughs> it did actually seem to the police that it was most likely a mob hit the due kneecap to thing the shot out feels. kneecaps and the almost cinematic level of violence, like they were like this is a gangland hit. Um, right, because it's so crazy. Right. And Jose had been an entertainment lawyer or an entertainment industry like executive, and they were kind of like oh, he might have yeah, had some shady maybe. connections. For a minute, they thought it was like a porno guy that was involved, and they were like, okay, it wasn't this porno guy, but there's some kind of mob, something here. Someone with a mustache did this. Yes, and now sadly, Eric and Lyle, again, 21 and 18, must move on without their parents. They do, however, have the estate their parents left behind worth a total of $14 million and now split between the two of them. That's a lot. That's a lot. And when you have $7 million and you're grieving, what do you do? You spend that money, honey. Um, so this next bit comes from Town & Country Magazine, mm-hmm. who for some reason did a write-up on the Menendez case.
1: They did a great write-up on the, um, what's it called? The, uh... The Romanovs. Yeah. It was excellently
0: reported. Town and country, great job. Sure, yeah. Um, so here we go. On August 24th, 1989, the day before his parents' funeral, Lyle dropped over $15,000 on three Rolex watches as witnesses, and he would later testify. Sitting next to his father's secretary, Marzi Eisenberg, in the limo home from the services, he showed off his leather loafers and quipped, Hey Marzi, who said I couldn't film my father's shoes? Then he, want, he Then he wondered aloud to another friend in the car how he could obtain tickets to the U.S. Open. The brothers moved out of the family's Beverly Hills mansion and stayed in a series of expensive hotels before finally leasing condominiums on the water in Marina del Rey. Their adjoining apartments had ample room for parties and movie nights with friends. Eric brought a Rolex too and clothes and lost thousands of dollars gambling. He decided to forego attending UCLA and instead hired a tennis coach for $60,000 a year in the hopes of going pro. He practiced 10 hours a day and flew to the Middle East to compete. Meanwhile, Lyle returned to Princeton, but not to attend classes. Instead, he focused on business pursuits and shopping in the New Jersey and New York areas. He hired a team of bodyguards to accompany him when he on his shopping excursions and later testified to their spoils, which included $40,000 worth of clothes and a $60,000 Porsche. He purchased a popular student restaurant, Chuck's Spring Street Cafe, for $550,000, and renamed it Mr. Buffalo's after its spicy wings. Not a great business decision. That's me saying that, not town and country. Um, He hoped to turn it into a franchise. Quote, it was one of my mother's delights that I pursue a small restaurant chain and serve healthy food with friendly service, Lyle told a, st- told a student newspaper in an interview. In the six months after their parents passed, Lyle and Eric spent an estimated $1 million. And I did the conversion, and that's about $2 million in 2019 dollars.
1: That's wild.
0: In six months. So, like, that's a lot. To spend a 14th of your inheritance. <laughs> yeah. And they're seemingly doing it, like, within days of the funeral. Like, that first thing where he bought three Rolexes was the day before his parents' funeral. But something is on Eric's mind, and he begins seeing psychiatrist Dr. Jerome Oziel. And when Oziel asked what had Eric so stressed out, I imagine this was the exchange. Um, Allie, it's been a while since I wrote a play, but I did write a short one for us. Thank goodness. Um, would you like to play Dr. Oziel or Eric? I would like to play Dr. Ozzy. Absolutely. So it's just, it's short, but it starts right there.
1: Oh, God, I, yeah, get my kind of acting hat on.
0: Eric, you seem upset. What's wrong? Ugh, Doc, life is hard for a 19-year-old boy millionaire. I'm trying to get my pro tennis career off the ground. I only have one Rolex while my brother has three. And I'm burdened with the guilt of murdering my parents with a shotgun. What was that? Lyle has three Rolexes. Can you believe it? (laughs) Uh, yeah, so he confesses to his psychiatrist that he has done these murders um, because he is so he has ulcers from the, like, guilt and stress of keeping this secret. Uh-oh. Um, and Eric then tells his brother Lyle that he has told his psychiatrist that this happened. Lyle then goes to Dr. Oziel and threatens to kill him if he tells anyone, and that actually fucks Lyle over. Because it had been protected by patient confidentiality, but as soon as he threatened the therapist's life, it was no longer under the same protection. Like, you're allowed to spill the beans if someone's, like, I'm going to kill you. You're, you're yeah. then, like... Because,
1: like, at that point, it's like, well, no one's in danger. Yeah. But, you know, if you're just, like, I killed my parents,
0: it's like, there's no imminent danger. But if you're bringing imminent danger to the table, that's different. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then, this is even crazier to me oziel's mistress yes as opposed to his wife he has a mistress glad she's involved she hears tapes of eric confessing the murder and she is ultimately what the one who tells the police so this is just like a whole clusterfuck this therapist situation good for her though i'd be like i don't i don't want to be involved in this shit amen i love her um and the police are basically like what we thought it was the mob Um, that they had kind of been starting to suspect the brothers because they really hadn't found any mob connections and the brothers were spending so outrageously. Yeah. But they were, like, still like, oh, we have a taped confession. Um, so because all of this has come out, Lyle and Eric do finally confess to the murder of their parents um they had killed them with two shotguns reportedly eric had shot first but lyle had shot better and he was the one who ultimately delivered the killing killing blows to both jose and kitty but why you might be wondering i mean money yes so during the trials and there are multiple the prosecution is basically like these are spoiled idiots who killed their parents for the money that's what they are look at them look at how they spent isn't that clear to all of us Um, But the defense, however, has a different story, Um, and this next bit is from BuzzFeed, who shockingly always writes totally lit articles about stuff like that. I just still, like, whenever I think of BuzzFeed, I still think of, like, what Disney princess is your best friend? Honestly. But, I mean, why not both? Yeah, you can do both. Exactly. Um, So, it wasn't until the case went to trial in 1993 that the brothers' defense team finally revealed their own version of the story. That their father had been sexually abusing them from childhood throughout the two trials from 1993 to 1996 the menendez brothers testified to that abuse in rather gruesome detail but prosecutors dismissed their claims as an abuse excuse concocted to avoid criminal responsibility the first trial ended in a hung jury and mistrial the second one which excluded any corroborating evidence of abuse aside from the brothers own memories resulted in their conviction so the first trial was aired live on court TV and they were, the prosecution was like, these guys are like criminal masterminds and they're like, you know, they plan together to kill their parents. And meanwhile, um, their lawyer, her name is Leslie Abramson. And she's like, this family looked like the American dream, but they weren't really. Cause Jose was domineering and ruthless and Kitty was passive and she was addicted to pills um, and Abramson really tries to create this image of the Menendez brothers as, like, being very innocent, so she dresses them in, like, preppy sweaters, and, like, while they're sitting, she's, like, fixing their hair and, like, picking lint off them, like, they're little kids, and she always refers to them as boys. Now, mm. at this point, they are both in their 20s. Yeah. Um, and when the murder happened, they were 18 and 21, so they were both very young, but they were certainly not children. Yeah. But kind of to get this image across of them of, like, the victims in the situation, Mm -hmm. she's putting them in these really preppy sweaters, which becomes a thing that's, like, another meme from the trial is, like, these boys in these, like, preppy outfits. Right. Like, Um, they couldn't possibly do anything wrong in those sweaters. Yes. It's like, well, people do bad things in sweaters all the time. Mm. (laughs) That's a lesson. So true. Um, And part of the problem for the defense is that to get an acquittal... They had to demonstrate the brothers felt they were under imminent danger from the parents. So it wasn't just like it had been a lifetime of abuse. It had to be like there was a reason that that day they felt like they had to murder their parents. So the defense um, is like has to lay out this weird timeline of like um, their. are their their family had had a confrontation the day before and eric told lyle that their father was still molesting him and lyle confronted jose and jose threatened to kill him if he was exposed and they were both so paranoid from the years of abuse that they believed that that was like a really imminent threat and so they the next day killed their parents that's kind of the way the defense is saying it all went down
1: Okay. I'm not one to distrust a claim of abuse. Yes.
0: So. And again, it is the 90s. And in the 90s, people just aren't as, like, educated about child sexual abuse. This is before the accusations against the Catholic Church that come out in spotlight. Mm. This is before Jerry Sandusky. Like, we just don't really have, like, an understanding or a vocabulary the way we do now. Right. For what it is like. So... It's basically becomes, like, a full Lorena Bobbitt or Monica Lewinsky situation where it's just, like, it blows up in the media of, like, these little rich boys who are using an abuse excuse and yeah. they're crying these crocodile tears on the yeah, stand. Yeah, while they buy their Rolexes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we cannot know what is true and what isn't, unfortunately. Right. It is truly possible that the Menendez brothers were making up their defense, and it is truly possible that they were abuse survivors acting in what they perceived as self-defense. I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) And neither do you. (laughs) And neither do you. They did have, they had, in their first trial, they had a couple of their cousins testify that the Menendez brothers had, like, confided in them before everything went down, and those um, witnesses were barred from the second trial. So Hmm. there's that. Why? That's interesting. Because sometimes people are fucked up and, like, judges don't want to let that kind of evidence in. You yeah, know? that's fair enough. But I think we just have to look back at these old headline stories and pause and think. Like, culturally, why was it such a punchline that a man was sobbing on the phone around the witness stand talking about the death of his parents? Like, why was that a meme in the 90s? You know what I mean? Like... Why is it so hard to believe that these two young, seemingly strong, good-looking men were potentially, again, we can't know, were potentially abuse survivors and were still, like, suffering the scars of that? Right. I think a big part of that moment was,
1: like, look at these young, attractive, adult men. Mm-hmm. That is not a person who can be raped or molested. Yeah. Um. So, again... I'm not saying that that's what happened neither of us are Mm -hmm. but that that's certainly part of it yeah just as like with Lorena Bobbitt it's like of course this like young immigrant woman is gonna lie Mm -hmm. about being abused because she had a hot temper and she was jealous and blah 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 blah. and it's like all right that's not the right like even if like even if She's not telling the truth, which I believe she is, (laughs) due to the evidence, Um, because there's so much of it, like, you know, that was a huge part of how society viewed her, and that was racist and sexist and very wrong. Yeah. Um, So...
0: Yeah, you're right. We need to
1: yeah, look back on those kinds we of do. things.
0: And then, like, you can also look at it from the total other viewpoint of, like, these are both two adults. Why are we referring to them as boys and acting like they had no agency and what they, you know what I mean? Like, you right. can look at it from the direction, but it's just, like, society, man. <laughs> right? That's an intelligent
1: thing to say. Society, man. Society, man. man. Um, I'm about to pretty much say that for a while, too
0: um so after their second trials both lyle and eric are found guilty and they are sentenced to life in prison with no chance for parole despite their requests to be placed in the same prison the menendez brothers were separated for 22 years they didn't see each other and they were only moved to the same facility last year in 2018 um and where they saw each other for the first time in 22 years that doesn't seem fair yeah and that was like their one request was like please keep us together and they were like no which
1: is sad like you're there away from the public yeah if you've just more punishment that they are a public menace you want to keep them away from the public okay i guess but what is that hurting
0: Yeah. I don't know why I'm on their side, but... The criminal justice system could be a whole episode, because, yes, there's a lot of fucked up stuff in there. (laughs) I honestly don't know how we would do it justice in the (laughs) 20 minutes we allot for these topics, but yes, it could be. Um, But, you know, both have lived a life as well as they could behind bars. Um, They've both been married, Lyle twice and Eric once. Um, And now they're together, which I guess is nice, unless you do think that they murdered their parents in cold blood for their inheritance and there's no other reason behind it, in which case, like, maybe that's not nice. I don't know. The Menendez brothers are much more complicated than I first realized when I was just thinking about that Vanessa Bayer lyric.
1: That's so true. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. It's one of those things where it's like you can't know. Yeah. It's very complicated. I don't know how to feel about it.
0: Yeah. And they weren't eligible for the death penalty only because the judge was like, they have never committed another crime before. Yeah, that makes sense. They were like, we're not going to kill them, but they do have life in prison, no parole, which is like a very extreme sentence. But maybe they killed their two parents in cold blood and it should be an extreme sentence. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of, oh, they
1: were acting weird after the death of X. Yeah, you never know with grief. I just, yeah, I don't know, like... You know, like Abraham Lincoln's wife, like bought a ton of expensive furniture after he died, and we know she didn't shoot him. Or like, do we? Ooh, <laughs> there's a biopic waiting to be made. Woo. No, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why that just really doesn't jive with me. Like, yeah. People were like, "Well, how could you?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, I don't. I've done some weird. I haven't killed anyone or bought any Rolexes, but, like, you react, like, human beings react really weirdly and unexpectedly to things, and I, that, to me, doesn't feel, like, proof of anything. Yeah. Personally. It it shouldn't condemn them. I think for a lot of people, it does. I think for a lot of people, they're, like, that's, well, obviously, and it's, like, even if it's not real evidence, like, obviously that means something. To me, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, Because, like, they're children. They're not children, but they're kids, you know. They're young men. They're young, stupid. They're younger than us. Who, you know, I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's hard, right? I don't know is the hardest part. The I don't know is the hardest part. We were talking this weekend a little bit about, like, if you could solve like one world mystery, what would it be? Oh, we were, yeah. Um, maybe this would be it. Maybe this, maybe it would be Menendez Brothers. What was you the You said real yours story? was John Bonet, right? Mine was John Bonet. Some of our friends were aliens. Like, are aliens real? Just tell me. Every, Does the government know about aliens? I think, yeah, mine is like the biggest, like, what happens after you
1: die? Yeah. Like, where does your soul go or does it go nowhere? Yeah.
0: Which those questions are both way more existential and cool. I just literally wanted somebody to say like Burke did it with authority.
1: <laughs> well, I know that Burke did it, so I I need not have that question answered because it's already pretty clear to me. Right. Um, and does anyone else does anyone think that Burke didn't do it? Who are these people who think that like her dad did it? That doesn't make any sense. He didn't. Burke did it. The end. We're taking a pro-Burke-did-it stance on this podcast. Yeah,
0: pretty firmly, I think we both like, are. Like, send in your opinions, but know that it won't change our minds. What if Burke listens to this podcast and he thought he was safe? We'd love to have him on the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> i love that. i love nothing more than that. I think... I'm so sorry for people who don't know what we're talking about, but... Who doesn't know
1: what John JonBenét Ramsey is? <laughs> no, I know. What? That's rude. What the case of John JonBenét yeah. Ramsey
0: is. She was a child and an innocent one, but... My... Like the craziest part of the Burke did it theory to me is that like Burke might not even know he did it. It's so true because he was so young. Yeah, he might totally not even know. And like this
1: is the thing is, I could see the parents totally freaking out, but it could have been avoided. Like they weren't, they wouldn't prosecute a child. You just had to call an accident. It was a, a horrible accident. But then maybe they were like, oh, then Burke will grow up knowing he murdered his sister and be all fucked up, and then we'll lose both of our children. I don't know. Oh, God, we don't
0: have time for this. We don't. That could be a whole nother episode.
1: I know. Anyways,
0: so this is the Menendez brothers. Thank you. That was very well researched and very interesting. Thank you for listening. I'm,
1: I'm disquieted by that story.
0: Yeah, right. It leaves you kind of, you don't get the catharsis at the end of the Menendez brothers. Yeah, I feel like... I held in a sneeze. Yeah. Because well, like with <laughs> Amelia Dyer, it's like, and she murdered those babies and She then murdered four hundred children and that was that. Went to jail. We know why mm. she did it.
1: <laughs> we know that it happened. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> a couple of people wrote on Twitter like, that was fucking grim. And I was like, I know, I told you <laughs> a bunch before it happened. So True. um I don't feel bad about it.
0: Oh, I assumed they were talking
1: about the Dramini paradox. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Can you label this? Um, no, I think the Dermani Paradox will be receiving academic accolades any day now.
0: Yeah, we really have to publish ASAP. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um. Allie, it's time to move on, I think. Let's move on. Um, let's talk about something sexy. Let's talk
1: about sex or not having it. Yeah, um, (laughs) the opposite of sexy things.
0: Um, or I think virginity is pretty sexy. Yeah. Actually, maybe that's problematic. I think, I we were just saying this, I think bodily autonomy is the sexiest thing of all. Yeah, because, like, virgins is, like, a big... It's a fetish. Porn hub tab. Yeah. But bodily autonomy,
1: I don't think is on there. I, I wish it was. Should we search it? I hope so. <laughs> so, let's get into it. I am not so much horrified by virgins as I am the concept of virginity. Just thought I'd get that out of the way. Like, I'm not scared of virgins. No. Um...
0: They're I, fine.
1: I love virgins because they're the only ones who can tame a unicorn. That's true. You got to keep one around yeah. if that if that situation comes up. Or much grimmer, uh, blood sacrifices. A lot of time those need to be a virgin. That is true. And when we start our coven, we will need a couple of those. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I guess we'll just start like a Google sign up sheet. Yeah. And get a few. And
0: just grab um, a few that are
1: ready and willing. I mean, honor system, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us we're a virgin, we're going to take you at your word. Um, but yeah, not judging virgins. Just, we're going to talk today about the concept of virginity. Um, the thing that interests and angers... Oh, nope. I was going to say. All right. So, I feel like since it's so intertwined with the idea of sex and reproduction and all those health classy things... That virginity sometimes feels like something that is a natural part of life and has always been there. Like, that term and concept Mm -hmm. is as part of biology as sex and reproduction is. Yeah. Like, that's the flip side of it. Like, you know, you are a virgin until you have sex and blah, 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 blah. But I think we need to just reframe a little bit, um... Just to kind of remind ourselves that virginity is a man-made concept, just like gender is a man-made concept. True. And that, and I mean (laughs) Um, man-made, and that no matter how far back these things go, manufactured concepts that have been reinforced by the long march of time are still manufactured. I think that's always a good thing to look at, especially, I mean, especially with gender right now of like, just because we've had it for so long doesn't mean it's natural. Like, it's still something that we invented once. Just because it feels natural now doesn't mean that it's linked to the natural processes of humanity. And neither is the concept of virginity. So let's dig into this concept a little bit. The word virgin comes from the Latin root virginis, which translates to maiden, indicating a sexually inexperienced woman. But mainly just, like, a young and, like, untethered, unmarried one. It's less sex-focused and more about, like... Young maiden, that's kind of what it means. Interesting. Um, and that Latin word probably came from the root virio, meaning to be green, fresh, and flourishing. So it was more like a young, fertile yeah. woman. Prime of her life. Pri- yeah, and it was it was a little less sexually focused, and the first use of the word itself is dated back to around 1200 BC, no... That's wrong. That doesn't exist. Twelve. I mean, it exists, but it's too far away. <laughs> um, the first use of the word itself is dated back to around 1200 AD in Middle English manuscripts. So that's when the word itself starts coming into the vernacular. Around 1300, texts begin to arise classifying Mary, the mother of Jesus, as the Virgin Mary. So that's a really common one. Interesting. That didn't happen until around 1300 AD. Very
0: Interesting.
1: So at this point, the word begins taking on an explicitly sexual nature because the point of the Virgin Mary is that she's she never had can, sex. Had sex, so it's so, wild that yeah. Can't. So the birth of Jesus is a miracle. Um. So then it's like it's about P and V people. Yes, <laughs> that's when that comes into. We are play. talking about one P. So, one v. Yeah. So obviously, or maybe not obviously, chastity as a concept. ...was defined before this. Yes. It was a thing before this. Um, in ancient Rome, certain priestesses took, like, vows of celibacy, so, you know, virginity was prized in that way. Some chastity devices can be dated back, you know, in the early BC millennia, and many religious texts... Texts. <laughs> many religious texts um, dating way back outline what is moral sexual practice and what is not. And it's usually spoilies, like in marriage. Yeah, when you're old enough. Um, the concept that sex equals bad, or at least unwed or unpartnered sex equals bad, was around, but really did start to take off after that time around the 1300s when Mariology, or the Christian theology surrounding the Virgin Mary, took off. Interesting. So those things were linked basically it kind of pushed forward this idea of sexual purity virginity as being a more specific commodity even though it was commodified before that yeah does that make sense all right (laughs) so this obsession around this idea of purity and goodliness is Also linked to when people are increasingly purchasing and inheriting land. Mm. So, this is when marriage and bloodlines become increasingly important, not just for royalty, but for everyone. Yeah, that's real. (laughs) So, way back when, bloodlines were really about like, all right, who has the divine right of power bestowed upon them by God? And now, when people have land and people are inheriting land and people have, you know, ownership over things Mm -hmm. and ownership over daughters to sell for dowries (laughs) to link families, it becomes – marriage then becomes much more of a strategic and logistic process.
0: And marrying someone who you know is not pregnant with someone else's kid who will someday inherit your land. Yeah, absolutely. So – This is obviously incredibly
1: heteronormative, but so is most of history, so that's why. But one important reason, like you just said, that virginity became so important is because when you have land to give to your kin, as it were, you gotta make sure there's no extra babies kicking around. Um, So you've got this farm, you worked on it your whole life, and you want to give it to your actual son and not your neighbor's son. (laughs) Fair enough. Not the milkman's son. However, this facet of life... Took hold in early A.D. and stuck around in marriage practices and sociocultural interactions from then on into now. Yeah. Um, and the idea of virginity and purity entered the lion's share of dating and courtship practices during this time, especially in the Christian West. Um, because of that obsession with mariology and because virginity had already been increasingly commodified over time. So... Naturally, if virginity becomes a commodity for the sake of ownership and trade, and daughters are the way you solidify trade, the pressure of purity falls more onto women as the child bearers and dowry havers. Mm. And like you said, a big part of this, A, is because patriarchy in general, which I don't have time to talk okay. about why
0: patriarchy has been around The for patriarchy. So long. We're horrified. Jesus. I, don't, <laughs> I don't have
1: time. But... If you are the one having the child, which I, I'm, not all women have children, not all yeah. men can have blah, 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 but I won't, I won't say blah, 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 blah. I, we're talking here about traditional mm-hmm. cis male women gender roles. Yeah. Um, but considering women as child bearers, they're kind of responsible for, or people assume they are responsible for keeping everything neat and tidy in the womb area. Yes. Um for obvious reasons. So a new need to prove your purity emerges in many societies. So here are a few ways that virginity has been tested or confirmed throughout history, Ugh. as chronicled by PS magazine. So in classical Greek times, girls who were virgins were supposed to have small pink upward pointing nipples. <laughs> and um <laughs> uh the uh, blah, blah. sexual experience on the other hand was supposed to give girls dark
0: large downward pointing nipples i don't know anyone whose nipples point up yeah i mean i think that to me that would just be breast size would yeah. determine a lot of that more than small nips go up big nips go down right that's just weight and science. i think that's just weight and science <sighs> i'm not a nippleologist but i
1: <laughs> god if my life had take it a different course. <laughs> Um, one medieval text called Desacritus Molarium, or Women's Secrets, which I would love to read. <laughs> I, I would like to write that book. Described how to tell a virgin from her demeanor and her pee, stating, The signs of chastity are as follows. Shame, modesty, fear, a faultless gait and speech, <laughs> casting eyes down before men, and the acts of men. Some women are so clever, however, that they know how to resist detection by these signs. And in this case, a man should turn to their urine. Of the course. urine of virgins is clear and lucid, sometimes white, sometimes sparkling. Corrupted women have a muddy urine. So they're saying
0: if you are a virgin, you are <laughs> hydrated. You
1: have sparkly pee and, <laughs> and no one can touch your
0: golden vagina. And you're very shy.
1: Yeah. But all women who have had sex. You're terrified and your pee is flawless. <laughs> Corrupted women are loud, staring into the sky, and have dirt urine. <laughs> um, seems clear to me. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Medieval doctors sometimes determined virginity by comparing the circumference of girls' foreheads with the circumference of their necks. I don't know what's a good rate. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what would I'm you do? I'm not sure what the ideal What could you find be. from that? Like, yep, this one's longer. To me, that's like... Neither of those have much to do with your vagine. Uh, I mean, who are we to argue with science right now? Yeah, fair enough. Um, in rural communities of the American South, a folkloric tradition holds that a man can test the virginity of a woman by collecting some earwax on his fingertip, then pressing the fingertip to the woman's vulva. If this exposure to a man's earwax hurts her and she cries out, she is a virgin. Her virginity capable of being burned by any secretion from the body of a man. So it's like,
0: if you're a virgin, any secretion... Hurts? ...will burn you like a witch. Did they think it was the cum that hurt when you lose your virginity and not the penetration of an object that's bigger than what the canal is used to? Is that what they thought? I wish I could ask. I cannot. And also, if a man had earwax on his finger and then he went to touch me i would be like nah yeah, whether or not yeah, it hurt i'd be like oh. also if you
1: know that that's like the test that they're doing you could you just, just be go, like ow oh. yeah, yeah what the um, fuck <laughs> as i'm sure many a slut of history did <laughs> and i would do um and then the last one is um blood Just, they would say, if you bleed after intercourse, then you're a virgin, but if you don't bleed after intercourse, then you're not, which is totally fictitious. Not science. It's
0: not a thing. The hymen is not a balloon that you can pop.
1: Yeah, it doesn't pop. It It is a membrane. It it is a membrane. It can tear. It does not always. It can happen by sitting on a bicycle seat. Yes. I think I popped mine because I put something up there when I was young. Yeah. Who knows? But it's like, that's not... It's, it doesn't mean
0: anything. Also, some any
1: arbitrary. young people listening to us right now, your first time does not need to hurt. No. And I was told that it did and it didn't. And no. it, it shouldn't. No. Sometimes it does if you have some kind of, like, vaginismus or some kind of... Yeah. like. There are... I think it's 18 to 20% of women, cis women, experience vaginal pain during intercourse. Um, And there's not a lot of research being done about that. This yeah. is a total non sequitur. But, um, you know, most people... If you go at your own pace, it's fine. Just feel like I should say that. Yeah. Um Buy, invest in some lube. Always. Always. That's a good rule for anyone listening. Anyone doing anything. Regardless of your your, if identity, you're anything in your anything. age. And do. And please. Put anything anywhere. <laughs> we would with love a for partner. you to do that with our blessing. But with our um adamandeve.com coupon. Buy some lube. Um, They'll send it to you for free. Special at and code horror H O R R O R Um, but yeah, no, I, so that's one of the problems with virginity. Now I'm going to talk, so this is a great segue. Okay. That's as much of the history as I want to get into. Yes. There's obviously more, but I would like us to turn our attention to the current implications of virginity in culture today because, and this is not a hot take, but it is very obvious that there is no correct option for people when it comes to virginity. You're made fun of if you are one and you're chastised if you aren't. And again, this is not a hot take, but there is a huge double sta- double standard for women on the latter half of that. I'd say being mu- made fun of for being a virgin is kind of like everybody gets made fun of. Like, yeah, I don't think women I, are I, more I, made fun yeah. of for that, but being labeled as promiscuous is extremely damaging to women in a way that it just socially isn't for men. Yeah. Um, and the obvious reason for this is because hist- historically we have been conditioned. That the consequences of sex are a woman's responsibility. Yes. Like, no one was checking men's penises for signs of wear and tear before they got married. Which maybe It was, yeah, it was, it's a woman's responsibility to guard her purity. Yeah. And if she can't. That's her fault. It's her fault. So, I've outlined a couple problems with the concept of virginity as it stands. So, number one, virginity supposedly defines someone's worth. Now, this is obviously not true, but like we talked about, the concept has influenced a lot of people's lives. In many countries still today, women are deemed unmarryable because they're unclean or impure due to sex. In our In our own country, many groups consider purity to be paramount in relationships, even though it's a manufactured concept. Mm-hmm. And it leads to point number two, which is, I think, more important because point number one is kind of obvious virginity implies that your past sexual experiences relate directly to your current ones. Yeah. That's something that I feel like we talk about the first one of like, yeah, you're not defined by, you know, you could do whatever you want. But I think something that is a little stickier that we really need to get out of our brains is the idea that the sex you've had in the past affects your sex and relationships now. Which isn't true. (laughs) And I think many proponents of chastity and abstinence feel like you owe it to your married partner to stay pure for them. Yeah. And this relates back to something that I said in our incel episode which is the very important fact that sex is an activity and not a thing. Mm -hmm. It is not a thing you give away or take from someone. Mm -hmm. It's an activity you do together and it is participatory. It's not a finite resource yeah. that you use up. And I think that is something that people feel like, oh, well, you can't use up all your sex before you get married, And it's like, well, you actually, you can. It's fine. And the other part of it is that you don't owe anyone your sexual history. All you owe them is honesty about any sexual transmitted diseases or infections that you may have that would affect them. Yeah. That's it. That's you it. don't owe them virginity. You don't owe them purity. Mm-hmm. You don't owe
0: them... Any of that? um In a minute, can I talk about this season of The Bachelorette? Yes. Oh my God. Do you want to talk about it now? Is now an okay time? Let's do it. This season on The Bachelorette. <laughs> Ooh, you guys? This is so relevant. And Bachelorette. That's what you missed on Glee. The Bachelorette. Her name is Hannah B, and she's from Alabama, and she's like pretty religious. She said. And last season on the, he, she was on The Bachelor, and the big thing about that season was that the Bachelor, Colton, was a virgin um which was like did he go to the whatever suite no not with anyone it will the end of his season was very complicated i cannot get into it right now (laughs) we do not have time (laughs) but she had said as she was like getting to know him she was like i was raised like you kind of to believe that you should be a virgin until marriage but she was like but i'm not and like i feel complicated about that sometimes like this watching this show will be the first time my parents hear me say that but like I don't know, it's, like, a complicated thing when you're raised one way and then you get older and you realize something else. And everyone was like, wow, what an interesting conversation these two people had on The Bachelorette. So now she's The Bachelorette and there's this guy who fucking sucks. His name is Luke. And he's, like, a born-again virgin. So he was like, I fucked a lot in college. But one day – and this is literally the story. He says, I was in the shower – And God came to me and told me to, like, stop fucking. Like, that's the story. And I was like, why'd you need to make us know you were in the shower when this conversation happened? It's like that scene when Kyler Ryan has his shirt off. It's exactly like that. But so, he's, like, obsessed with Hannah, which, like, fair enough, you're on The Bachelorette. Um, And she um, went naked bungee jumping with one of the guys on her date. And he, like, freaked out. And he was like, you've made, like, this terrible mistake, but, like, I still love you as long as, like you don't do that again, and, like, I just feel like, you know, I'll always love you even if you make these awful, awful mistakes like the one you just made. Yikes. (laughs) And she was like, what? (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I just went on a – it was a silly thing that happened, and we're not exclusive. You're on The Bachelorette. Yeah. I'm did. i dating 18 guys. Also, nakedness is not sexual. Yeah. That's something that people should fucking get through their head. There you go. But so – and they keep showing – the, like, the fantasy suites are coming up. And they keep showing clips of future episodes where Luke says, like, if you're going to sleep with someone else in the fantasy suites, I want to eliminate myself from the show. If you sleep with anyone else. Yes. And there's a clip that they keep showing that I cannot wait where Hannah goes, she's looking at Luke and she goes, I have had sex. And you know what? Jesus still loves me. (gasps) And everyone's like, we stand one icon. Um, but they just got in another fight and she confessed that she had sex with somebody when she was in the Netherlands in a windmill. Um, so that's not even in the fantasy suite. She's like, Luke, I'm already fucking. Yeah, it's happening right now. But it's like, this conversation about virginity is happening on The Bachelorette this season. So tune in. So tune in. That's more nuanced than anything you're going to get here. (laughs) Sorry for that tangent, but I just got excited that I could connect those
1: two things. I feel confident that it was very relevant to not only this topic, but also our brand. I I think so. (laughs) To take some time away to talk about The Bachelor. So yeah, I mean, I won't belabor the point, but it doesn't matter. Yes. It doesn't, it's irrelevant to the current sex or relationship that you're having. And you get to make your own rules so long as you don't place those rules on other people. Like, I think... If you had a lot of sex and then you, it didn't work for you and you say, you know what? I just actually don't want to have sex again until I'm married or partnered or whatever. Mm. Do that. It's totally fine. Yeah. That is fine. Do whatever you want, but it's, it is just not relevant to your current relationship. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. And anyone who is making you feel like it is... Is being unfair to you. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, they suck. Um, so here's a different reason why virginity as a concept is useless. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically the thesis of this. Um, we taught. Oh, no. That's the fourth one. Uh, penetrative sex is a useless barometer of sex in general. True. So not only is it not the be all end all of sex and not the gauge of intensity or intimacy that you might have with a partner but it totally erases lgbtq experiences of sexuality Mm -hmm. so you know some people don't have penetrative sex at all yeah and there are different types of penetrative sex other than penis and vagina sex and like some straight couples don't even have penetrative sex like not everyone needs to or can but it's become the default mode of sex quote unquote Mm. in culture because it is the traditionally heteronormative act that leads to babies and sex is sometimes about babies but not always and like this is a is an obvious like it's an obvious thing that we just don't this is this is kind of why i want to talk about it because it's a very obvious thing of like oh yeah like why are we making such a big deal about it? Like, why is it the subject of movies and, like, this huge thing that everyone talks about of, like, the day you lost your virginity? Like, why have we put such weight on it? Have we collectively chosen to put such weight on it? Mm -hmm. And it's, it reminds me of, like, you know, there's this, I think just because of American Pie, but everyone's like, oh, sex on prom night. And it's, like, why is prom a big deal? Yeah. Like, it's just a dance. Like, yeah. why does why do people act like that's, like, a milestone of your life? Like, why is losing your virginity a milestone of your life when, hopefully, <laughs> if you're the kind of person who wants to have penetrative sex, hopefully you do other stuff before that. Yeah. Maybe for years leading up to yeah. that. Like, just, hopefully you've had a nice, sweet kiss with somebody and then you, you know, like... Do, do their skittle do other skittle stuff or <laughs> you go all in and that works for you that's fine but i think for a lot of people that is not the first parlay you have into your own sexuality mm-hmm. and you know like i get it like i was you know i was obsessed with it as a benchmark too but you know if if p and v sex is what leads to babies and that's why it's our default why is it a big deal if you're not trying to get pregnant? Yeah. (laughs) Like, for so many people, it's like, oh, well, you lost your virginity. But it's like, why does that matter? Like, okay, that's the sex act that we have as our default because it leads to babies, I guess. But so many people who are having sex don't want that. Yeah. Especially when it's your first time. Oh, my God. Um, That feels like a lot. But, yeah, I just you know, why not cheer and text all your friends when you round third or something? Like why? It just feels really arbitrary. And I think we all know that it's arbitrary, but I think we need to remind ourselves how arbitrary it is to be more inclusive of other sexualities and from just sexualities that look different from our own. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. But like, I get it. Yes. Well, I feel like it's, It's like when we talked about diamond rings, and at the end of it, we were like... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We were like, yeah, it's fucking stupid. I still want one. I love diamonds. there's something to... Yeah, PNV sex is not the end-all be-all, but, like, when I think about when I lost my virginity, I think about the first time I had PNV sex. Because we're both... Because we're both...
1: yeah. In
0: heter- heterosexual, heterosexual relationships. relationships. Um, but. So, like, it's hard to get rid of that cultural conditioning, even though, yeah. like, that was very much not the first time I had sexual contact with my partner. Yeah. But, like.
1: And it invalidates queer couples who aren't having, you know, that type of sex. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, when did I lose my virginity exactly. then? Exactly. Um, and the answer is no one cares because you're not straight. <laughs> um, that's, that's the message that's being sent. Yeah. Of, like, you are not fitting into this box, so I don't know, Um, which just sucks. And it's not, like, yeah, it's not, like, a huge injustice. It's just, you know, language matters and the way we view these things matters, and I think that's that's important to think about. Um, And then the last thing is – I'm getting tired. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about is that we tie sex – to transaction in more ways than we think yeah um and I and I, I remember we talked about this during our incel conversation but I just feel like we should talk more about how transactionally we portray sex in media and with each other and it goes hand in hand because so we see things in media that's how you talk to each other it's, yeah it's the way that we were raised especially as children in the 90s like you see things and you ape them that's the way that it works um And I just feel like so much importance is put on milestones and timelines in that way that we just discussed that young people can't help but focus on the timelines rather than what they're feeling and what they are ready for physically and emotionally and mentally. When I was a teen, I was so preoccupied with like, you know, what if I'm a virgin when I go to college? Like, oh, that'd be awful. I was a virgin when I went to college <laughs> and it was fine. Um, but like, you know, and I would think like, oh, you know, like when should I let a guy kiss me? Like how many dates in? Mm-hmm. Am I like not a slut? But like if I don't do it, then he's going to get mad. Like I I was trying to do so much like cognitive dissonance in my brain of like all the things that I had taken in about How other people had sex, which half of it wasn't true because so much of it was manufactured and from movies and porn and TV and all that kind of stuff that was getting put into my brain. And I was trying to reconcile that and build a timeline for myself that made me not weird and not crazy and not a slut, but also not too conservative, not a prude. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like we as a society, you know, encourage that of like, well, you know, don't do it too soon, but don't do it too late and and all this stuff. And I just feel like I didn't think about what I was ready for even once. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I started getting into relationships that were healthy and more centered on the conversations I was having with a partner, Mm -hmm. then that naturally is, is how it kind of switched over. But I feel like Kids who are getting sexually active early, which is all, all, has always happened and will always happen, I feel like it's just not helpful to have all this label swimming around because it's just so much pressure and, like, the focus should be on how you're feeling, what you're ready for, how much information you have, that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I just feel like we as a society don't need the concept of virginity anymore. That is passe. Agree. It's useless. I'm over it yeah I mean, what do you think i agree yeah Should
0: we kill it are we killing virginity let's kill it dead tonight i think yeah what what's the what what does it do for us nothing that's that's my point it's like
1: it's this huge thing with so much power that is totally meaningless doesn't mean a dang thing and i i just wish that more people were freed from that yeah um, and, and you may free yourself. I'm giving you that, that option, everyone.
0: Yeah, you guys.
1: Um, so yeah. Virginity is dead. You heard it here first. I'm so glad. Long, I'm so glad. Long live bodily autonomy. I know. Honestly. Do whatever you want. As long as everyone else is cool with it. Hell yeah. Everyone else, you know, in your. In, yeah. Sexy place. Yeah. Wherever that is.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If <laughs> you do be- say in your bedroom, I'm like, anywhere. Anywhere that is chill with you guys just go for it you were telling me about um a sexy board game that you have hopefully i'm allowed to talk about this on the air yeah that's fine um that like one of the cards was like (laughs) no it's like because it's like the cards that you pull let me let me i will if i'm
0: gonna tell it i'm gonna tell it (laughs) um there's a board game that you can buy on adamandeve.com it's called monogamy the board game so I purchased it, because that's my brand. Because also we get money from it, so. Yeah, so I was <laughs> like, I'm getting money back on this purchase. So you, like, you, like, go around a board, like, you and your, whoever you're playing it with, your partner, and, um, you know, you land on a space, and it's, like, kiss for two minutes, and you're like, whoa, and then you, it's, like go you land <laughs> on a space, and it's, like, say a sexy secret, and you're like, ah, you know what I mean, it's all... <laughs> It's exactly how Sam plays it. Wow! <laughs> Literally, yes. But when you make it a certain amount around the board, you get to pick up. I wish I remembered what they were called, but they're called something like fantasy cards or whatever. <laughs> and it's like a scenario you're supposed to play out, right? So it's like.
1: you know be a sexy yeah one of them's like
0: whoever just picked this card is like the waiter and like the the partner is you know not sound sexy to me but you know the person you you, you know what i mean angry person who hasn't gotten their steak on time exactly like (laughs) dumb shit like that but so i was playing it and mostly just we would read the cards and be like and then we would keep going around the board Um, but one of the cards that we picked up, which made me laugh for about a hundred hours, was, like, um, like, it was called, like, you know, Get Dirty, and I was like, fine, yeah, it's a fantasy card, what is it? And it was, um, go outside with your partner and have sex in the mud. (laughs) And we were like what? <laughs> and it was like, if there's not mud outside right now, get your garden hose and spray it on the nearest patch of dirt to create mud. And I was just like, A, way to assume that I have a backyard. <laughs> and I don't live on the third floor of an apartment complex in a city. I think our landlord would be chill with that. Right? But be like, what is sexy about fucking in the mud? And especially the least sexy thing I can imagine is going outside to fuck, noticing there is no mud, and yeah, then having realizing to, you don't
1: even have the right
0: accoutrement <laughs> to
1: create mud to fuck in. There's nothing I can think of that's less sexy than like going over the hose and being like, "Can you turn the thing?" <laughs> no, it turns. It turns, it turns the, the other way. way. It's it's you know lefty they, lefty loosey righty tighty. Did it whatever. rust over winter, babe? Did it yeah. rust? <laughs> You can't get it. And you're just like, oh, no, we really should call somebody about that. <laughs> like that just everything's dead down there thinking about that.
0: But um I recommend the board game, but
1: just to read. <laughs> just yeah, just for actual fun. Um but great. I'm glad yeah. that we killed the virginity on this day. It's dead
0: now. It's dead now. High it's five useless. Me. A Ooh. murder.
1: Uh we get we cover so much ground on this podcast. We really do. Um this week we will, this is a hard pivot, this week we will not be reading a listener story. Um, we're going through a couple of the ones that we've received right now. Also, this was a long episode. So yeah. So we thought we'd spare you. But we are sending out a formal request. Please send your horrified um, Your stories of being horrified. To us. To us or any experience you've had with any of the topics that we have covered. Please send your horrifying stories to us at i'm horrified podcast at gmail.com we will try to read as many of them as we can um we look forward to hearing from you. They're the and, best part we'll of my day. Back. we'll be back. We love reading them. Um, and if you're like, this is stupid, it's not. We still want to read it. Yeah, please. So yeah, you can reach out to us at our email or you could DM us on Twitter, whatever works for you. Um, and until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.